The audio you are about to hear was recorded at the 2018 USA-Canada Region District Superintendents Retreat in Carlsbad, California. Our prayer is that you are blessed by this message. Good evening. It is always good to be together like this and uh, to know that He is with us. I was uh, just trying to get a conversation going, and I realized that they were talking, but not with me. I would uh, look for something that could spark a little fire and uh, would uh, get me involved in some ways in what was going on. I had just arrived after many hours flying and driving, so I needed to talk with someone. I noticed uh, through the body language that they were looking for something. And I did not know what that something was. I saw her looking into her bag, and it was not my business to look into her bag. So I did not. But then I heard a word. The word was chubby. And I said, that cannot be true. I noticed that they were trying to get us to the place where we were going. And they needed something that they didn't have. And the word chabby is a word that we use in Cape Verde, in my Creole mother language. I turned to her and said, are you looking for the key? And she said, yes. I am looking for the key. The word helped me start the conversation that I was looking for. I asked her a few questions. I, I wanted to know about the next day. We were going to have a district assembly. And I did not know much about the program, about the plans for the district assembly. And so I, I asked if she would help me know just a few things. Not a lot, but just a few things. Mindful of her responsibility, when I asked about the district superintendent's report, she uh, just told me this. We are going to have an ordination, and uh, seven people, you will be ordaining seven people. Well, I knew that one. I really was looking for something else. But then his, her, her DS came, and... She was free 
to talk to her DS. And she said quickly, he wants to know uh, things that you are supposed to tell him, not me. And, uh, and he started. The district superintendent started. He said, uh, our recent efforts have all been to spread the news near and far. And he went on to talk about the Jesus film and what they had been able to accomplish through the ministry. He said, um, this year we, or we organized 20 churches and we started 111 preaching points. And the next one to be organized is Sint Church. I had no idea where Sint was, but I was happy to hear that they had a plan to organize another church just next month. And then he went on and said, our churches are also growing organically. We have now uh, 1,804 new members just joining us this past year. And that represents 18% growth in the district. We have five pastoral training centers. And they are training center, uh, pastors for those churches that we are planting. He got me excited. Then he said, we would not be able to do all of this without our global church. Without us together with the Nazarenes all over the world. Uh, some of them come here, but not very many. But we know that all of them are praying for us and with us. And some are resourcing us in so many different ways. Then I said, brother, would you please help me with one thing more? This is a very sensitive area, and I want to be careful with what I say tomorrow at the district assembly. Are there words that I'm not supposed to use? And he promptly said, don't use the word evangelism, please. You can say reaching people with the love of God you can use those kinds of words, but not evangelism, please. Well, we started the assembly. And um, as you know, one of the first things we do is to hear the district superintendent's report. And guess what? The second paragraph on his report had the word evangelism twice. And he mentioned the same word a couple more times. Was it an accident? Or did he use the word because he couldn't help it 
since that is who we are. That is what we do in order to make Christ-like disciples in the nations. My sister, the one who could not tell me much about the DS report, I turned to her and I said, Sister, we have more than a common word. Chubby. She said, yes, we do. We are beautifully bound together. And we are bound by things that we do and the way we do those things together. The following day, at the end of the uh, assembly business, we had an ordination service. 600 people attending the assembly. I asked the DS, are they all delegates? He said, no, they are coming for the ordination service. They want to honor their pastors, their friends. Ordination is a big deal. And we have not had a general superintendent here for nine years. And I remember when I started with the purpose of the service, the ordination service. And I described how we do it and why we do it. And I mentioned uh, the paper that they will see the uh, new elders receiving at the end of the ordination service. And I said, the paper is prepared in Lenexa, Kansas, United States. It is the same paper that all ordained ministers in the Church of the Nazarene receive everywhere in the world. In different languages, different names, different signatures. But it is the very same document that all of us receive. And to me, it is a symbol of who we are. That we are one great and wonderful family. When I said that, they shouted with joy. We are. We are one great, big, wonderful family. So many organizations and uh, co uh, corporations and uh, partnerships, they base their businesses and their lives on things like their brain. They are proud of their brain. That's what gets them to where they go. They are proud of their personalities. They accomplish according to that. They can mention their core values as we do as well. They can talk to you about their business plans and they will tell you that that is what sustains them. Some will talk to you about their cultures and how important they are to what they do. 
Some will say that it is even their will that gets them to where they need to go. We, we may not, as individuals, be genius in achieving what we need to achieve, but we certainly are very content with the means we have found to complement each other and to get to where we want to go, to where we need to go. But we are not relying on those things that those organizations and bodies and corporations base their achievements on. We base all of what we do and who we are in Him. He is our rock. The hymn says, His oath, His covenant, and blood support me in the whelming flood. When every earth prop gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. O Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other grounds are sinking sand. It must have been with that same kind of uh, conviction that Moses wrote one of the most beautiful lyrics that, uh, that we find in the Scriptures. And he was talking to his people and trying to communicate to them how incomparable our Lord is. And he said, you are surrounded by so many, and they do their things their way. But remember one thing. Their rock is not like our rock. It is on this rock that we stand. It is on this rock that we share faith, that we share trust, that we share understanding. Understanding of God and of who He is and, and who He wants us to be. Our lack of sameness does not make us weak. But it certainly is more than that. It is more than even our diversity. It is His firmness. It is on His firmness that our strength and our root are by the mouth of a prophet, prophet Isaiah. The Lord uh, said it so powerfully. He said, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation, the one who relies on it will never 
be panic-stricken. We are surrounded by panic all over the place. There are so many things that can get us into panic. And if we do not panic, it is not because we are capable of not panicking. It is because we are standing on the rock. Do you know that one of the panic's worst problems is the fear of panic itself? We have reasons to panic with everybody else. And if we don't, it is because we stand on the solid rock. We all find or try to find things that we can identify ourselves with. Age-wise and otherwise. I was uh, checking the other way, the other day about uh, boomers, and I found something interesting about boomers nearby me, boomers who are being invited to volunteer, to give their time to causes, good causes. I probably will join them one of these days. Good causes. There are generational interests that connect us. There are cultural interests. There are occupational interests. There are social concerns. All those are good things that can get us together. Jesus, the rock. It is on Him that we have our ground and our cause for connection. People all over the world seek for opportunities to improve their connectivity. It was not too long ago that... Uh, a, uh, an annual conference took place in Europe. It is their WEF. It's different than our WEF, World Economic Forum. And I was in India. I listened to uh, the news. I wanted to uh, hear the speech of the Prime Minister of India. I could not understand what he was saying because he... Uh, did his speech in uh, his mother language. But he described something about his country trying to attract people to invest in India. He said, we are replacing red tape with red carpet. And we are inviting you to come and invest in India. Then he said, uh, we have a structure in place that will connect 
the different nations in South Asia. And that will add more to our regional economy and eventually the world economy as well. And he said those things are what we are calling hard connectivity and also soft connectivity. He said all the infrastructures that we are putting in place, they are the hard connectivity and they are ready to serve you. But we do realize that if we do not work on our soft connectivity, we will fail. And there was an exa example of that in the newspaper the following day. The soft, one of the soft connectivities that he was trying to mention is the way people get stuck when they try to go from one country to the other using nice, very nice roads, but the uh, customs get them stuck for hours. And, and, and the article in the newspaper said, it is of little value to the economy to have this great infrastructure in form of roads when the uh, bureaucracy at the borders take you as long as the time you spend on the road. He was very right with the article. We in the Church of the Nazarene have our hard and soft connectiv connectivities. We have a wonderful structure. We celebrate that so many times and so very well. We use the structure so powerfully well. The heart Connectivity is serving us very well. But I dare say that uh, if we just keep on building and improving our hard connectivity and ignore our soft connectivity, we are failing ourselves and we are certainly failing the Lord. I got a book, it was a gift from a friend. The title of the book is The Sanctifier. The author is talking about the Holy Spirit and he talks about the Holy Spirit in such a special way. The main words uh, that, that, that he uses in that one particular chapter are the words possession and intimacy and he says it is not just the Holy Spirit that possesses us we also must possess the Holy Spirit and it comes when our, our intimacy with him is what it is supposed to be to possess and to be possessed and he says the Holy Spirit is a gift 
If you notice the scriptures in the New Testament that mention the uh, mission and the work of the Holy Spirit in us, most of them present the Holy Spirit as a gift, the gift of God. And then he says, a gift is an expression of love. And it is this love, the love of God, that makes it possible for us to be possessed by the Spirit of God and also to possess the Spirit of God. He made me think of the fact that when we possess things in common, we discover so many other things that we need to have in common and that we need to develop in common. We get closer to each other when we realize that we have things in common. I am a, a grandfather and I realized quickly after my grandchildren came to this world that my friendship with their grandparents from the other side was going to grow more strong because we possess something in common. We are possessed by the Spirit of God and we possess together the Spirit of God that has been given to us, the church. And we thank God for all that He does and the way He does what He does to connect us. We thank Him for the soft connectivity that we have in the Holy Spirit. So, structures are useful and they are means of connection. But brothers and sisters, let us not forget that without the soft connectivity of the Holy Spirit, the structures we have will be of little to no value. Read a book uh, entitled Sticky Faith, and you probably have seen the book. It is... Uh, about uh, youth ministry. And uh, a passage of the book that I wanted to read for us today says, I suspect that most of us youth workers assume that we are better at creating Christ-centered ministries than we actually are. Consider this finding. When students involved in the college transition project were asked what it means to be a Christian, 35% of them gave an answer that did not mention Jesus at all. One possible explanation, he said, for this omission, according to the CTP, is that many youth groups are teens 
who receive Red Bull experience of the gospel. It was potent enough to help them make the right decision at a party in high school, but not powerful enough to foster long-term faith, to move students beyond the Red Bull experience, we must relentlessly remind them that the Christian faith is one centered on the person of Jesus, developing and maintaining a relationship with God, he said, requires engagement with Scripture and the stories of Christ found there. As my own early efforts demonstrate, youth ministries have often tried to attract teens by doing anything other than using Scripture to connect them with Christ. In order to be politically or culturally acceptable, we are often stripped We've often stripped Christianity of Jesus or transformed him into a character he is not. We've made Jesus, he said, a wimpy rather than a revolutionary, a tolerant rather than a loving Lord, a good one rather than God, in lieu of uh, discipling teens, we've attempted to entertain them. We've tried to make our ministries cool enough to compete with other communities and their activities. That is sad, but it is a reality that we may find ourselves if we do not do our best to keep Jesus the rock in the very center of who we are and all that we do. Acts 16. I would like for us to read the scripture in Acts 16, verses 1 to 10. Paul came to Derb. And then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of uh, Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by 
the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So, they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave the Macedonia for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Their rock is not like a rock. A rock builds teams. Two chapters before this, there is a very interesting story. The story is about Paul who uh, faced some inconvenience. I don't know exactly what happened to him, if he just fainted or if uh, he lost it at all. But the Word says in Acts chapter 14 verses 19 and 20 that after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. And I see in that picture a picture of us building each other. We should not think of being a team just because of what we want to accomplish, because of what we can do together, but because of what we can do for each other. It is amazing uh, what happens when we gather around others who need us and we help them where they need us and the way they need us instead of pointing out to them to try and find reasons why they are not doing what they were supposed to be doing. A rock builds steam. A rock also builds family. Three times in this chapter 16, we read about uh, how it does it. Uh, one time was uh, uh, when we read about Timothy, this young man who uh, became a disciple of Paul. And uh, he uh, was certainly... Uh, blessed and discipled and developed by those in the family. The other uh, event is when uh, we read about Lydia, who invited to her home uh, strangers, the strangers who were in town. And uh, then this rock did for her what only Jesus can do. The family was blessed. Uh, the uh, third event is when the jailer himself, not knowing what to do with what was going on, realized that he also could uh, be blessed, and not only he, but his family. And he again takes 
the men of God with the gospel of Jesus to his home and the family is blessed. I also think of this family called Nazarene. After the General Assembly, last General Assembly, we were driving back from Indianapolis to Kansas City. And uh, my son, Ricky, was uh, with us in the minivan. And I overheard his phone conversation with someone I, I did not know who he was talking to. But there was a question to him. And he answered the question by saying, it was so wonderful to be a part of the General Assembly, to experience what I experienced with other fellow Nazarenes, to realize that this is where I belong. And I have since heard other parents sharing the same kind of testimony about their young people, their, young, young, their sons and daughters. We realize that God has us on earth for a purpose. And He has built this amazing family that we call the Nazarene family. And He is connecting us in amazing ways for a purpose. A rock not only builds teams and builds family, but it also builds trust. What happened when Paul was trying to recruit disciples? Verse 2 says that the, uh, the ones who were trustworthy in town had good things to say about Timothy. They spoke well of him. When we realize that there are good things we can say about each other, there are certainly things that we may feel tempted to say about each other that will not edify the body, that will not connect us, that will disconnect us when we say good things about each other. We are building trust. We are serving the rock to build trust. Our rock also cements ownness. Verse 10 of this chapter says, After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. When we read about this calling, we rightfully think of evangelism and we think of mission. That is right. But it all happens once the servants of God realize that this thing is ours. We are in this together. Have you noticed 
how the verse reads, after Paul had seen the vision. Paul saw the vision, but the vision was not just Paul's vision. Because if it was just Paul's vision, then Paul would be the only one going, the only one call, being called, the only one doing the mission. A byproduct of this evangelism, this mission, this direction that God is giving His servants, I find the unity of God Himself in directing His people, in directing His church. The Holy Spirit kept them from preaching in parts of Asia. <laughs> Strange that the Holy Spirit would keep them from preaching in parts of Asia. Then we read, uh, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go. Then, Father, we read, God the Father had called us to preach, we concluded. The second byproduct is the unity of the team. Paul got the vision, but then we read, we, us. It is the vision for us to go. It is the vision for us who are being called. We concluded that this is what God wanted from us. It is much more than words that connect us. By God's design, we are bound by the very life of Jesus Christ under the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I thank God for what I see in this room. I thank God for you. I thank God for the Board of General Superintendents. We are diverse. And uh, we realize that continuously. And we are amazed at how God puts us in place. How He brings us from different parts of the world, from, with different backgrounds, with different calling even. And He puts us together to be one. There are times when I have asked myself, what am I doing here in this board? But then there are other times when I do realize that God is somehow using me. And it has been my prayer that what we have in the board of general superintendents in terms of connection, in terms of doing together, in terms of obeying God, 
in terms of being in the center of His will, in terms of allowing Him to use us the way He wants to use us, in terms of being aware of our soft connect connectivity, that that also is reflected in the church. Wherever we go, whatever we do, someone said, a Nazarene, years back, the church does not need me as much as I need the church. And that is a, a huge feeling that is mine as well. And I believe it is the feeling of all those who are serving God wherever He wants them to be serving Him. The church does not need me as much as I do need the church. The Nazarene connectedness is more than a word. And even if it does not make it to the fourth core value, connectedness is something we can never overemphasize as a family, as the body of Christ and as a denomination. May the Lord, the rock on which we stand, guide us, lead us, and empower us to empower each other, to work with each other, to serve each other, and uh, to minister to each other so that together we may be able to serve the world better and to serve the church better and to please our Lord better.